Welcome to the Human Experience Podcast, the only podcast designed to fuse your left and right brain hemispheres and feed it the most entertaining and mentally engaging topics on the planet. As we approach our ascent, please make sure your frontal, temporal and occipital lobes are in their full upright position. As you take your seat of consciousness, relax your senses and allow us to take you on a journey. We are the Intimate Strangers. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Xavier Katana, and you are listening to The Human Experience. This is our conversation with Miss Kelly Howell, who is regarded as one of the pioneers of guided meditation. Her work has led to the creation of a series of clinical programs for medical professionals out of places like Harvard. She is a six-time national best-selling audio author. She's been in this industry for at least three three decades. So by all means, she has the credential for the conversation you're about to hear. This was a phenomenal episode with Kelly where we discussed the genesis of BrainSync. So I think you guys will really enjoy this one. As always, guys, we survive on your support. If you enjoy the content we put out on a regular basis, get to thehumanxp.com slash donate and buy us a coffee, lunch, dinner. Otherwise, please find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, all at The Human XP. Thank you guys so much for listening. The human experience is synchronizing your brainwaves as we welcome my guest, Mrs. Kelly Howell, to the program. Kelly, it's an honor. Welcome to HXP. Uh, It's an honor to be here, Xavier. Thank you so much for inviting me. Kelly, you're you're known as a brainwave whisperer. You're you're considered a pioneer in the the field of brainwave technology. Where did you start this journey? Where did this journey begin for you? Because this is you've been doing this for a while. Yeah, I started in the mid '80s, 1980s, the last century, and um, it began for me in meditation. I um. I had a a time in my life where things just, everything fell apart, and I started searching for, you know, alternative ways to get my head on straight. I had been in a car accident and had a lot of personal uh, problems, death of my mother, grandmother, divorce, all of that stuff. It was a big pileup. And um, I sought out a meditation teacher and because I just, I, I had no idea what to do. I just thought I have to, you know, I need help. Right. So meditation seemed like the right thing to, to do. There were, were a lot of options back then. It was, it was kind of a bizarre choice. Uh, probably my friends thought I was really just crazy, but I did get a meditation teacher, and she had me sit and meditate every day for an hour, um, which was really, really hard, no help. Uh, (laughs) And um, I grew to love meditation. It just became, in the beginning, I hated it. I thought it was terrible. I used to call her and complain. And um, within a few months, six months or so, I just, if I missed 
my meditation practice, I started feeling, I, I could feel it. I didn't feel right. My creativity was off. I just didn't feel right. I was sitting in meditation, praying. As, you know, I did my hour-long meditation, and then I would end the meditation with my prayers. And I asked every, for about two weeks, every day in meditation, what is my path? What is my purpose? Show me. I know I have a mission. I know I have a purpose. And show me the way. Just show me. I don't care what it is. Just show me what to do. Honestly, the last thing on my mind was that I, I would start making audio programs to help people hmm. or teach people how to yeah. meditate. It was just, it, it was so, this was the 1980s. I was in the film production business. It was completely off the charts for me to even imagine something like that. Yeah. And uh, this ball of light appeared above my head, a golden ball of light. And it just, you know, like the, the, the Times Square you know, ball on New Year's Eve, it just slowly descended and it came down into my head and it exploded into a million sparks and it just showered me with light and it just, it it practically knocked me off the, the sofa and I was just electrified and this energy came in and there was a voice and it said, you're going to make tapes. And I'm like, tapes? And then suddenly, you know, it wasn't just words. It was imagery. It was a plan. It was a vision. It was a knowing. It was absolute knowing that this was my path and purpose in life. And so that was the inception point for, you know, the work that I've been doing for the last 30 years. And it's been unfolding for me Mm -hmm. ever since. I've had a lot of grace and ease and support, universal support. Um, I immediately got a partner. I immediately was given a lot of money to start uh, making audio programs, which I had never done professionally. (laughs) And uh, within a few months, they had a giant contract with Bantam. Uh, They were starting their audio division, and they started it with me and my partner at the time, Allison. And um, we did 20-some-odd audio programs with them. And and the first one we ever did with them was their best-selling audio of all time. So, you know, it just just, (sighs) – that's how it started. So there was a lot of success for you in the very early stages. From the very beginning, because it came – from my path and purpose, I guess it came, there aren't really words to describe what happened, Mm -hmm. but it, it did change me. And it's very, it's an amazing experience to suddenly feel like you have a new brain, like that, that suddenly, you know, things you didn't know before. Yeah. (laughs) So That's interesting. Interesting. So, okay. So let's, we can dig further into this a bit more later, but so for, for anyone who doesn't know what is going on when you're synchronizing, I mean, I've been listening to the tapes for, I don't know, at least a decade. And, um, I mean, I love it. So, so what is happening when you're synchronizing the the hemispheres in your brain and, and doing the guided meditation? What's, what's happening there? Okay. That's a great question. So, um, you know, meditation, if you do it, uh, I call going bareback, you know, with no help, 
um, is it takes time. You know, everyone's like, what am I thinking? I'm thinking, I, you know, your mind runs away with you, all of that. Um, I got into working with binaural beat frequencies because I knew from that meditation experience that there was going to be an easier way to learn how to meditate, and I was going to find it. And so that set me off on research on binaural beat frequencies. I didn't know what they were called then, but I kept researching, uh, you know, everywhere I could, you know, how can we make meditation easy for people? So I came across this research uh, on binaural beats frequ- binaural beat frequencies by uh, biophysicist Gerald Oster at Mount Sinai, and he was working with sound and studying brain waves. So what happens is uh, the two different you know what you you know about binaural beats. Yeah. So it's two different signals and two different uh, the tones diff- one tone sent in one ear another tone sent in the other ear and then your brain kind of interprets it as a single tone and there's like it's, a beat. it sounds like a yeah like a, a beat. beat right and and what it is is the differential and you can relate the beat to certain brainwave frequencies so theta which is the deepest state of meditation which is around four hertz four cycles per second we couldn't just deliver that tone to your ear, you wouldn't hear it uh, because we don't hear in that range. So, But we do hear a beat. So you do 100 hertz in the left ear, 104 hertz in the right ear. In the middle of the brain, your brain ends up kind of uh, making up the difference. You hear a beat of mm-hmm. uh, four cycles per second. And what happens is your brain cells begin to resonate with the beat and uh it creates a whole brain uh, synchronization. So the right and left hemispheres are operating in synchrony. You get coherent brainwave activity as opposed to incoherent, which would be more, you know, static, kind of, you know, uh, out of sync, out of phase. So when you are in whole brain thinking or in deep meditation, your brain waves are moving synchronously. So you have more access to your brain power, you know, to other levels of thought and vision and creativity, intelligence. It just it just uh, turns your brain on to a higher level. But there were, you know, there were other people doing the, the brainwave thing, but you, you had... You had kind of a different style with it. You were doing specifically guided meditations, right? So Yeah, I started off with subliminal. Uh, the only other person at the time, there was Brother Charles. I don't know what happened to him. And there was uh, Robert Monroe. Robert Monroe, yeah. And that was it pretty much that I knew of. Uh, Dick Sutphin as well has been doing it for a uh, while. He was doing more hypnosis. Okay. I don't think he was doing binaural beats at the time. He might have been, but I, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, Robert Monroe was the kind of the grandfather. Yeah. And um, But he was doing it more from a uh, more of a technical level in a way, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, whereas I approached it more combining guided meditation, affirmations, um, hypnotic induction, you know, so kind of just putting other modalities together. 
Yeah, I would. I, I found myself switching between kind of listening to the Hemisync tapes, Robert Monroe, and then switching to yours. Like I would go back and forth. When I wanted to hear sort of the guided stuff, I would listen to your tapes. And when I didn't, I would listen to uh, the Robert Monroe tapes. So, I mean, what was, what was a, a guided meditation that... I, I don't know, was the, the best selling for you or kind of reached the most most people? Um, I've had a number of bestsellers over the years. The very the very first binaural beat guided meditation program uh, that was on the bestseller list was called Guided Meditation. Of course, this was in the 90s and there weren't a lot of guided meditation programs then. So, you know, it was like one of those silly, stupid titles, but... <laughs> It was, uh, we sold many, many, many of those. And then um, in recent years, the secret universal mind meditation. That's a great meditation, yeah. Yeah, and that sold millions and millions. And um, it's just, uh, and it's modeled after the very first audio program I made for myself uh, that I listened to when I was going through the hardest time of my life, when my mother died and I was in the car crash and all of that. So uh, I uh, contacted the publisher, the author of those meditations had passed, but I contacted the author and said, hey, could I buy the rights to record these meditations and update them a little? And that's what I did. And uh, so what do still you a bestseller. Mean- what do you think is happening? Because I mean, like you like you just said in the in the '90s, no one was really talking about meditation. Now it seems almost trendy. Oh, it's totally trendy. It's really amazing. I I this summer I was uh, teaching uh, the Rob Report. You know, the Rob Report. They do the best of best of everything. Well, they're now doing these health and wellness summits, and they asked me to come and teach meditation. And they had very high-heeled people there. It was a wonderful group of people, um, you know, doctors, scientists, researchers, uh, people that make wine and, you know, like cars and uh, just a wide range of people. And what struck me is that everyone is very confused about meditation because there are so many choices right now. It's like, oh, should I do mindfulness? Should I do this? Should I do that? So it is trendy and people have a lot of options and there's still a lot of confusion around, you know, what kind of path to take with meditation. Mm-hmm. When I began meditating, there there weren't that many options. I just found a meditation teacher and I just did what she told me to do. It wasn't like I had like a whole Chinese menu of different types of, <laughs> I'm sure they were out there, but it, it was pre-internet. We didn't have, uh, you know, we didn't have a zillion teachers and, and we didn't have um, the widespread uh, no, no one was talking about this. And when I would tell them about it, they thought it was crazy. And now they're us- they're all using it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could do mantra meditation, Zen meditation, mindfulness meditation. I mean, there's so, and now there are, I don't know how many companies are doing binaural beat frequency programs. So, 
you know, there is a lot to choose from. So um, I think it's actually harder to choose uh, what kind of meditation you want to do. When you have so many choices, it's kind of like, boy, okay, well, I'll try mantra, mantra meditation for a month, and then maybe I'll try mindfulness. Maybe I'll try, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, wow. Uh, so what I, I tell people is to try different types of meditation and see what resonates for you. Right. This question kind of goes in line with uh, the question that I that I just asked. It, you know, what what were some of the core affirmations that you found people, you know, connecting with the most? Like, what was something that you, I mean, you just you resonated with? I mean, what was something that you were saying that people were resonating with? Oh, gee, I don't know. I mean, I have fifty programs, so I'm not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a lot of the programs that I've made are um, metaphorical, mm-hmm. so I think people really resonate with that, like Retrieve Your Destiny um, takes you on a journey. I, I don't even know if the word destiny is used in the, in the program, but mm-hmm. it's a metaphor for finding your destiny. You know, I would say people that listen to my audio programs would be better to answer that. I do get little emails going, oh, I love that line. I love, you know, but I don't, I, you know, I, I kind of do what I do and then I move on to the next thing. So, um, <laughs> Understandable. I, I don't, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> so you said, you said that, you know, this all came, this all was birthed sort of through the the problems that you were having and, you know, the death of your mother, the passing of your mother and the things that you were going through, right? Yeah. Grandmother dying, a car accident. I broke my neck. Um, So you wanted, you wanted to create something that uh, would help people as much as it, it helped you? Yeah. I mean, the initial uh, impetus or ambition I had was to help myself. Basically, I was a wreck. So I was not at the point of wanting to help anybody. I was very depressed and very, very, very deeply depressed and thinking about killing myself. And um, so I was not thinking about helping other people when I started on my spiritual path. I just really needed help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. myself. And, uh, you know, it took maybe about a, a year uh, of practice. And, uh, you know, and then I started helping friends, actually. I was like, you know, let me, I started making tapes for people, uh, personalized audio programs to help them with whatever they wanted to um, achieve in their lives. And I was having great success that way. But again, it was not something I ever imagined would be a career you know it was more like a hobby like I'd say hey you know why don't we make a tape for you (laughs) yeah at what point did it did you feel like okay this is you know this is something I'm moving into a career with and you know I'm going to do this for the masses and people oh after the meditation immediately in that moment I knew it was going to be for the masses for millions of people and I had no doubt in my mind. And that experience of having absolutely no doubt is very unusual. I mean, it's, you know, we always have like another voice in our heads. Mm -hmm. I had no other voice. It was just, this is what I'm doing. I have no doubt. It was like, I know this is going to happen. It was an absolute 
for me. So that was the point where where it all began. And um, it was almost like the universe was conspiring with me from that point to make it all happen. Um, I was in New York uh, <clears throat> doing the subliminal programs and affirmations with Bantam. And then when I wanted to go into binaural beats, excuse me, they thought it was crazy. They thought I was out of my mind. They, they couldn't figure out how to sell it, market it, whatever. So I went out to California and uh, and that was like in the late 80s mm-hmm. to San Francisco and uh, started a nonprofit research foundation with Michael Hutchison, mm-hmm. who was the author of Mega Brain, New Tools and Techniques for Brain Growth and Mind Expansion. And we had quite... We had quite a nonprofit going there in San Francisco. We had all these scientists coming in with amazing technology and brain machines. I mean, this was like goggles and beds and float tanks and everything and uh, biofeedback therapy. And um, so we got to start testing uh, the effectiveness of different um, techniques. And uh, one company called The Other 90% was really intrigued with uh, what would get people into the theta state, which is pretty much the heart. That's why it's very hard to meditate. It's very hard, difficult state of consciousness to enter into without practice. It takes discipline. It's tough Mm -hmm. uh, because it it borders right. It's right between waking and sleep and people will either drift off to sleep or they can't even get to that state, you know? So um, it's a very finely balanced brain state. And so their, their agenda was what can get people into the theta state the most quickly, effectively. And so we had a um, PhD biofeedback therapist. We had 24 electrode uh, machine. Uh, we had a, you know, a s- people, subjects that signed up to be part of the study. I think we had like 100 people and, um, and tried everything like hypnosis, different audio programs, all the different, you know, Robert Monroe, blah, 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 everybody. And, and my first uh, binaural beat program, which was then called High Coherence, was also thrown in the mix. And that one came out the best. And uh, like 87% of people were able to get into the theta state who had never meditated before. So that's when, you know, at that point, I started making programs for doctors and researchers and biofeedback therapists. I made programs for um, Norman Sheely. I don't know if you know him. He's a scientist. And, you know, so I was sort of working behind the scenes making uh, programs. And then I, after that research study came out, I just thought, you know, I should just make this available to people, to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that was sort of the second uh, generation of what I was doing. And I started Brain Sync, um, my own publishing company at that point. Yeah. So um, 
Well, you definitely have the voice for it. I mean, oh, well, thank um, you. You have a good voice. You have a great voice. (laughs) Thank you. And you seem, you sound way too young to be listening to audio tape. I appreciate that. Okay. So, Kelly, it's amazing because you talk, you know, you talk in your, in the tapes, you talk about, um, you know, consciousness and what was, what was the goal for you? Were you simply accelerating? Was it just to get people into this sort of theta state or accelerate? human performance or was it oh, I love a, your spiritual, a spiritual journey <laughs> as well? I mean, because it seems like it was a, f- a fusion of both of those things. I love your questions. They're just great. Thank you. Um, you know, I think my uh, inspiration and drive to do this work has changed as I've grown and evolved in the very beginning. Uh, the very beginning, my main uh, core of inspiration and need, actual need to do this work, was to help other people and to help other people that were suffering. So my very first line of audio programs with Bantam was called Subliminal Self-Help. So I was very committed to helping people through their, their suffering and you know, you can't do that until you've had your own suffering. And I think that that crisis point that I went through, it just it was the first time in my life that I had experienced real suffering. And uh, it's, you know, you're alone. Nobody's nobody was there with me. I was alone in it. And it was it was a dark, dark, dark place. And um so for me, that is one level of it, you know, a real need to help people out of those dark places. Yeah. Very important, you know, so that's where it began. And then, um, and then, of course, as I continue to grow and evolve and learn and study, um, you know, that stays there as a foundation. But it's also, oh, you know, how about we... We learn about prayer and the power of the mind and, you know, what can you accomplish and create through using your mental powers and uh, manifestation and, you know, to me to be able to manifest and the, the way we are so capable of manifesting and we don't even know it, that became a big impetus for me. So it was like, okay. We have to do that now. <laughs> the really amazing thing is that it was it was clinically proven and the research was backing up everything that you were doing. I mean, mm-hmm. it was you guys were do, doing the research as well as putting out these tapes. It wasn't just like, here's a tape with some audio in it. Ha- enjoy. You know, you guys mm-hmm. were bringing in scientists and researchers to back up your claims and your statements. Yeah, well, nobody would believe me otherwise. You know, it was very important at the time. That's why, in a way, it was like being a trailblazer. Now there's a lot of research. Now people know what binaural beats are. Um, Scientists accept it as, you know, a viable way. Uh, You know, biofeedback therapists accept it and know it works because they can see what happens to the brain. So, um, but... You know, 25 years ago, it was a uh, a new technology. People, yeah. we, we had to prove, we had to prove that it actually worked. Yeah. So, um, so, I mean, yeah. So how, so then what did you find out about the power of self-affirmation? How, how powerful is it? 
I think, oh, that was another part, back to your other question, which okay. leads into this question, uh, you know, like what drives me or what, you know, what, you know, what's the main purpose of doing mm-hmm. what I do. Um, I also, as I, the very first audio program I made was for me. And it was this secret universal mind meditation, a very rough recording on a little Sony, you know, like tape recorder that I made <laughs> that I listened to every night uh, going to sleep. I never heard the end of it. So it was and, a tape that you made for yourself and you Yeah, recorded. and I listened to it. Yeah, I recorded it on a little tape recorder, listened to it at night before I went to sleep. Never heard the end of it because it would just knock me out. And within a couple of weeks... All the things that I needed in my life, this is like right after my mother died, my grandmother died, you know, trying to get better with the car accident, the whole bit. Everything I needed came to me. And I thought, gee, I wonder if this is a tape. Mm -hmm. You know, this is really weird. (laughs) You know, it's wonderful, but it's weird. Like somebody called me and said, hey, uh, you know, I know you're going, you've gone through a lot and I have a friend who has a... uh, an apartment in the Hollywood Hills. It's a really sweet place, and she wants somebody to house sit for. Her. I didn't have a job I, at the time because I couldn't work. And uh, anyway, all the things that I needed came to me, and I kept thinking, "Gosh, could this be the tape?" And I went back. <laughs> yeah, right. Could this be the tape? And so I went back. That's what got me into meditation. It was like I went back to the the psychic clairvoyant meditation teacher who had told me I need to listen to a tape because my subconscious is a mess. Um, I went back to where I was like. You got to teach me. How does this work? What do I? I don't. I didn't know anything about it. And um, she started giving me books. She was the one who taught me to meditate. And I would go meet with her once a week, and you know, sit for an hour. And then I would call her during the week and complain, saying nothing's happening. This is boring. My mind won't stop thinking. You know. <laughs> and um, but. Uh, she uh, she got me going, and it was so the whole idea that you could like listen to things while you're sleeping, yeah, and have your life change just opened up a whole new world of possibility for me. Like, what is really possible here? Like, That's, we can really create our own reality, yeah. and we don't have to work hard at it. It's absolutely fascinating. I love the I love the origin story. I love how you you kind of just you know things weren't working out for you where you were, so you're just like I'm going to go to San Francisco, and everything just kind of just lined up for you. Mm-hmm. And it was almost mm-hmm. as if there was something kind of pulling you, pushing you into that direction. And I mean, was there was there a point at which you were just kind of you stepped back and you were like, you know, what the f is going on, or were you just kind of accepting of it the whole time? I loved every moment of it. I just, you know, so you it's were like an adventure. Yeah, yeah, it's an adventure. When you suddenly get to the point where you go, hey, I can create my own reality and my thoughts create my reality and meditation is powerful and I can embody different states of being and change my life that way. Mm-hmm. Your life becomes totally different. Your life becomes an adventure. It's like, wow, you don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, things come out of the blue, mostly good things. Of course, not everything is perfect. I mean, we all have our challenges, but um, yeah, no, I was just uh, enjoying the ride. 
You know? so, so Kelly, you know, who were the people that influenced you, you know, with, with all this work? I mean, you're, you've been doing this for decades now. I mean, you're considered a pioneer and was there, was there a mentor in your life or someone that? Yeah, I had a few, I had a few mentors. Um, I had um, Marcy, who was my meditation teacher. She was my first kind of spiritual mentor. And uh, then I connected up. Actually, Michael Hutchison was writing his book, Mega Brain. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Mm. Are you familiar with that book? I, anyway, it's an it old was title. like the yeah. Bible. It's an old title, and it was the Bible. I mean, he, back then in 1980-whatever, he was saying the brain is like a muscle, and you can, you know, grow it and build it and make it stronger and better. And so he was the pioneer of brain machines. And so he interviewed me and Allison Daniels, who was my partner in um, audio activation, which was our first, you know, my first foray into audio. And... Um, and so we connected, and it was with him that I, we went, you know, out to San Francisco and started the nonprofit. And uh, he was quite the um, the leader in the field at the time. He really opened up the doors for uh, a lot of research and experimentation. And I, he was way ahead of his time in terms of neuroplasticity. That was not a word right. back then, and right. he, that's all the book was about. And so that was my excitement and inspiration. And, you know, we had a lot of really amazing scientists involved. And um, it was fun. It was really fun. And then, you know, I've had different. Um, oh, I had a, a spiritual teacher for a while uh, here in Santa Fe, New Mexico, that I studied with. And, you know, work, you know, energy work and chakras and consciousness on higher levels. It was very esoteric and far out, but I liked it because it was just, you know, it's kind of changed, uh, kind of grounded everything for me in a spiritual sense. Mm -hmm. And... Um, yeah, just uh, different. I love doing my podcast, Theater of the Mind, because I get to talk to people. I read their books. I love their books. And then I get to call them and have a conversation with them like you do. Yeah, you can definitely plug that. Where Was there any sort of shamanic experience that happened for you at all? I mean, or was it just strictly the tapes? What do you mean shamanic? Shamanic, I mean drugs, psychedelics. Um, oh, have I done psychedelics? Yeah. I used to, um, uh, yeah, like I experimented a little bit with uh, ecstasy when it was medicinal. Mm -hmm. And we did it, uh, this was after, you know, a couple of years after I had, uh, you know, began making audio um, and meditating and everything. So I experimented with ecstasy as a, um, a means of transformation. So we would do it, uh, you know, with one person not doing the ecstasy and the other person on it, and we'd record it and, you know, ask inquisitive, you know, leading questions to work through emotional um, issues. Mm. So that was the way I approached doing ecstasy, did that a little bit. But actually, one of the biggest things I think that changed my life besides meditation is breath work. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a lot of breath work and I moved through because I believe that, and it's been my personal experience, that we hold trauma in our cells. So um, the breathing, holotropic breathing, rebirthing, there are many names for the kind of breath work that I did, um, you move through the trauma that's trapped in your body, in your cells. So I had a lot of trauma to move through. I had no idea how much was there. And uh, I think that has been a godsend. Yeah. Doing that kind of work. Have you ever done that? Breathwork, holotropic breathing. Yeah, um, that was Stan Groff, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, I've definitely tried that. Very interesting. Uh, we just had uh, Wim Hof, and when we release this episode, Wim Hof will be before this one. So um, we just had Wim Hof on. He has a really interesting breathing mechanism methodology. So yeah, I agree. Uh, breathing is definitely in line with with hearing you know, sound. Yeah, but that was like, I would say some major shamanic experiences, the most really big from breathing, breath work, just amazing, you know, insights, revelations, uh, releases, you know, forgiveness, blessings, all those kind of like, wow, you know, kind of experiences I've had through breath work. If you don't mind, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to talk about consciousness and you know where sort of the planetary consciousness is and where humanity is i mean where where do you see it being i mean there there seems to be this sort of you know quote awakening and and people have started they're more in tune with uh meditation yoga stuff stuff like your work where i mean where do you see the global consciousness headed today i mean where where do you see it now that is a good question. I would just say there's there's so much of everything. It's kind of hard for me to get a grip on. I am um, in many ways I feel like I can connect, like plug into uh, the consciousness of humanity. I've had that experience a lot in meditation where I can kind of tap into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you took all of humanity and you could just tap into it as one being. And um, I would say it just it just feels very chaotic right now in many ways. Yeah. Like there, there's there's so much good, and then there's so much chaos. Yeah. And I feel like we are in a um, a tipping point. And I I don't know what way it's going to go. I'm not a doom and gloom person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more accepting of the way things are going. I. There's the renaissance that I always hoped for back in the 80s. I mean, I see the true renaissance in consciousness happening and that people are opening up and expanding and it's accepted now. And I mean, everybody has a meditation practice or some kind of spiritual practice, yoga, something. I mean, everybody I know. Right. Uh, that was not the case a long time ago. So this is wonderful. Consciousness is raising on so many levels. Um, but, but like then you said, yeah, there's a, there's a very strange, I mean, even the political climate is so bizarre and just looking at this sort of circus and doing your best not to kind of, I, I find that we have to go to a deeper level of spiritual practice now just because of that, because we don't have any control. 
I mean, if you wanted to use the political situation as an example, the only control you have is your vote, and that may not even count. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, you know, so it gets back to, to like, basics, like the serenity prayer, <laughs> where, <laughs> you know, you just have to accept things, you know, the way they are. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to do to change, you know, how you can change the way the world is right now. I think social media is contributing a lot to the craziness. Um, people are just so connected yeah. and um, and there's also a lot of anger and, you know, like a lot of negativity being thrown around, not just politically, but, you know, on the Internet. Yeah. Um, so I'm so glad I, that you, you know, you said you said what you said and not just some pat. Oh, everything's great. You know, the, the consciousness of the planet is increasing and we're all going to ascend or, or, you know, yeah, something well, like I that. Mean, we could have a war. I mean, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I, you would think with the amount of people that are meditating and the amount of people that have raised their consciousness to a, to a much higher level than 20 years ago, mm-hmm. that we would have a planet that looks better. Yeah. I don't like the way it looks now. I mean, I love <laughs> yeah. my life. I love I love where I live. I love my friends. I love my home, my family. Every everything is great in my life, but when I look at the world, I don't know if it's because we're looking through it uh, you know, through the media or if we really are in a matrix. I want to watch the matrix again because I'm I'm beginning to think we might be in a matrix big time and, um, you know, very much controlled and manipulated, especially right. with the Internet. Right. And, and I do think it's important to unplug uh, and, you know, just connect with nature. And um, I, I just I wonder how how much people are being controlled. Hmm. OK, so that leads me into, you know, kind of my next question where. We're starting to wrap up here, but, um, you know, what are, what are some tips that you could give people who are, you know, either not familiar with your tapes or just getting into meditation or, you know, some, some, something that you give to someone listening that, you know, isn't aware of your work? I would say I, um, I just came out with an app and it's called Meditate Me with Kelly Howell. And it has a um, it has a couple of very short micro classes about meditation, how to get started. It has nine uh, meditation tracks, 10, 20, and 30 minutes. So you can get guided or non-guided, and it comes loaded with that. And then if you like things, you can, you know, go on the iTunes store, Google Play from the app or the in-app shop and go deeper into the material. But I think it's a really good way to start because it's simple, quick, easy. If you, you know, if you're just starting meditation, there are 10-minute meditations in there. Um, Another place is on my website. Uh, BrainSync, B-R-A-I-N-S-Y-N-C.com. Um, you can sign up for free guided meditations and the emails kind of explain the way the technology works, um, you know, how to start your practice, you know, what, what, what's the difference between the alpha state, 
what are the benefits of the alpha state compared to the theta state or beta. So on my website, there's a ton of um, information. If you go to the brain lab, uh, you can get educated on all the different brain states, what they're good for, what what kind of uh, programs would be good for you. So, um, but is there an actual, I mean, like outside of downloading your app and going to your website, which I recommend people do, but is there anything that you can give to someone who's listening right now and, you know, just an affirmation to be more mindful to breathe Well, I would just say, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, I would just say if you have that inclination and you feel like you need, uh, something in your life, there's so much there. I mean, there's just so much you can just, you know, practice different relaxation techniques, breathing techniques. Uh, you know, I, I just tell people to, to, if you look, if you say, hey, I want to learn to meditate or I want to learn how to reduce stress, very quickly, whatever, you'll have a lot of choices in front of you. It's just the way the mind works. It's kind of like a homing pigeon. It'll find you. So um, begin asking uh, for what you need, you know, articulate to yourself what you want, how you want to feel. Do you want to feel, you know, and then the answer will begin to come because it all starts with the right questions. So you have to start asking the right questions. But you said it, I mean, you said you, you need to know kind of what you want, right? So that's, I mean, that's the first goal because sometimes, you know, like you don't need to know the solution necessarily. You can just say, I need to feel more relaxed. What can I do? I need to feel more grounded. What can I do? You know, those kind of questions. Like when I didn't know what to do with my life, everything was in a shambles. Mm -hmm. I, I just asked, you know, show me what to do with my life. What's my path? I know I have a purpose. I know I have a path. Show me. And I do really believe in the higher power of our brains to uh, to give us those downloads. But we just have to ask the right questions. You, you don't need to know the answer. You just have to know what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. and usually the want comes from a need. Like, you know, I'm needing more money or I'm needing more whatever it is, you know, a relationship, uh, whatever it is that you need or want, you have to start asking for it. You know, I need a relationship. What do I do to get into a relationship? You know, what would help me? Hmm. So, you know, I, I really think that's where it all begins is asking. I'm a big believer in prayer. Um, doesn't matter who you're praying to. You know, you can pray to goddesses and gods, you can pray to higher power, you can, you know, pray to your higher self, but I do believe in and building a very strong connection with that, an inner dialogue with the higher aspects of consciousness in our, within our own being. Yeah, I love that. So, Kelly, where where can people find your work? Is it just brainsync.com? Brainsync.com and the app, you know, and the website, of course, you can go on there and there's tons of stuff and uh, meditate me with Kelly Howell is the app. So you can get like a nice sampling of material and not have to spend a lot of money. And actually, my audio programs are way less than a lot of people. You know, they're nine ninety five instead of 49 or 
400 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I just don't think it's fair to charge that much money to help people. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Kelly, I really appreciate your presence on HXP. Thank you so much for being here. I'd listened to your tapes for so long. And oh, yeah. Which ones so did great. you, which ones have um, you listened to? The, the secret guide something to me- I the don't secret remember. universal me- yeah, yeah the secret universal one. mind that was, meditation that was my favorite that was my go-to for a long time and mm-hmm. um i just i just listened to that meditation for a really long time and uh so it's kind of cool to kind of go full circle and and uh, have you on the show thank you so much i really appreciate you having me here Guys, this is The Human Experience. We will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening.